part one of this podcast, we talked about the ways in which clean energy is becoming more accessible to more people. In part two, we're going to be discussing with uh, with Andrew the ways in which he's gone on his own sustainability journey during the, the renovation of his uh, of his house. So you bought a house in Doncaster? Uh, Redford, yeah. Redford. So 20 miles south of Doncaster, yeah. Okay. The market and, town. And you just, so you... For, I think for the viewers at home and the people who are thinking of embarking on, on this journey, and it is, it can be a daunting process. So it would be really helpful just to talk us through from that first day, you've got the keys, you've walked into to your forever home. I'm assuming it's your yeah, forever yeah, home. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. And, you, and, you, and you've got in your head what you're going to do on that journey. Now, you obviously, you know, coming at this from a from a, a position of experience, and you you know what you what you probably had in your head what you're already going to do on that journey, but for a lot of people that that isn't in a background they've come from. So, just talk us through what what is the process? What would you do if you if you were advising our viewers and you're going on this journey? What is that first step? What do you take a look at? And then what was the journey that you went on to to get to to where you're at today? So, I mean, for me, I mean, I was I was looking, as you said, forever home, family home you know, a house that I really wanted to live in. You know, that was, that was, that's the primary thing. A house isn't, it wasn't about energy saving necessarily. It was, here's a house I want. A very standard customer thing. And at the time when I bought the house, I, I was living in a little two bed flat. I was single. I was sat, you know, there wasn't, wasn't much going on, you know, in terms of where I was living. It wasn't what, what I wanted long-term in my life. I thought, so I need to buy a house. I can afford to now. What am I going to buy? And um, signed up. A, uh, it's a nineteen late nineteen twenties, early nineteen thirties uh, detached house that had basically been empty for fifteen twenty years. Never, ne- not lot lived in, not touched, looked after, but not lived in. And um, it's a very derelict, very inefficient. I think two of the windows opened; the rest were locked shut. Drafts everywhere, um, woodworm in some of the floor. You know, it was it was in a pretty bad, a bad state. And my my vision was: I've worked in energy all my life. Not only do I want a house that I want to live in for a long time and hopefully have a family, I also want to see if I can get that to net zero. No point sitting on podcasts like this saying, "Oh, everyone get to net zero and then not do it myself." Do you know what I mean? So, so it was. Um, it was a, I guess, recognizing a process, and for me, I've, I've followed the process, you know, very quickly. In two years, I've done a lot of work myself, getting the house to that position. But I've learned a lot about how you might step uh, efficiency into your house. And you, well, you did the work yourself, or were you bringing contractors in to do that work? Or? A lot of the work I did myself. Yeah. Um, uh, so the plumbing, I fitted the plumbing system myself. Um, solid wall insulation. I did a lot of that work myself, but I was very lucky that I had a, a very, very good friend who was there every weekend helping me, who we talked and we checked things through with each other and had a really good network of professionals who I could speak to. So, um, for example, on the plumbing, I knew the local plumbing company very well. It's a small town. Could ask them for a bit of advice around what pipes to fit and where and what the, what the regulations were, et cetera. So they kind of checked my work before I did anything and were happy to do that because everyone was so bloody busy in COVID and post-COVID, uh, they were happy to, you know, let me do that. Um, electrical work, obviously, I had all that done professionally. Anything that needed building regs was done professionally, et cetera. Um, 
but it, the vision was was um, yeah, to tr- basically make it a more efficient house. Um, and there's a couple of principles I followed. So like it's it's an old house and it had all the original features in it. For so I, my my first rules I actually wanted to keep all of those picture rails in every room. Wanted to keep the old wooden floors. There's a tiled like a Victorian tiled hall. I wanted to keep that. But also wanted to to bring it up to modern standards. So, for example, oh, sorry, the, the other principle was to take opportunities to to be more efficient when I got them. A really good example is the windows. Sash windows everywhere, single glazing holes in three of them. They needed replacing, and they had a couple of quotes. People come round, found someone I liked. They were local, really, you know, liked their proposition. And uh, they quoted as you as you do double glazing, and I said, "Well, how much is it to do triple?" And they're like, "You don't need triple glazing, Andrew. You're not living near an airport. Triple glazing's for noise." I was like, "Yeah, but it's also more energy efficient." And they're like, "Well, it is more energy efficient, but people do it for noise, really. Do you really want it?" And I was like, "No, no. Just give me a price. Give me a price." And it was like, you know, five percent more money on all the windows to get triple glazing in. You know, it's taking the opportunity when I was doing work to do it in the most energy efficient way. Yeah. I think that I would be interested to understand what you did on that basis from a from a plumbing perspective as well. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the I think one of the headaches that we have, and, it, and it's probably been ingrained into the industry over, over the years, is that we've benefited from high temperature um, uh, the, the high temperature heating systems, yeah. boilers that can output higher temperatures. So, from a customer's ex- um, experience, the the mindset is, um, I want you to price up to do this job so that my home is warm. Um, whereas, if the mindset was, I want you to price up this job to make my system as energy efficient as possible, in those Low moments. Cost. As low cost, well, it's that cap, it's that, it's that balance, isn't it? That capital cost and, and 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 to have that work done. But in the moment where you're doing that level of renovation, mm. did you do anything to um, to minimise your running costs from a from a heating system perspective at that time? Yeah. So right from the outset, I knew I wanted a heat pump. I'm a, you know, global warming is the, to, to try and combat that. Is, I want to be part of that journey and have an impact. So I wanted a heat pump. I wanted decarbonised heat. And um, I think it was uh, 2021 I got the keys um, and the plumbing system. I thought, well, actually, there's, there's two things going on. One, I want it to be efficient. So if I heat the house up, I don't want all the heat to end up going through the walls. I want to keep the heat in the house as long as possible, which keeps the bills down, improves the comfort levels. But also starting to get the spec, the radiators, for heat pump or running at a lower temperature. And what does um, that mean? And just for, for, for the viewers at home, what, what when, when you're talking about that, that specification to make a rate, why would a radiator that's suitable for a boiler not be suitable for it, for a heat pump? What are, what are we talking in terms of the difference? So uh, uh, in, in most of my bedrooms or the bedrooms, as I found them, uh, there was a small radiator under a window, tiny, you know, just uh, one, you know, a tight one, you know, thin thin radiator that's designed to run very hot. So you can lean on it and go, oh, my bum's warm, this is <laughs> great, you know. I took them out and put massive radiators in, actually not that much more expensive, um, and put big radiators in that you can run at a lower temperature. 
but they're they're um, still heating a room just as effectively. And I think that's that's an important one to capture because I think anybody, regardless of whether they're doing a a, a, um, a looking at a heat pump of a boiler, should be. I mean, we were actually looking at a project at the moment, um, and it's a farmhouse renovation. And the client has come to us and asked us to spec up for a heat pump system. So we've designed their underfloor heating system and their radiator system at low temperature. Yeah. And they the comparison that, we're, that uh, they have is for um, a, a, a gas boiler installation. Um, and we're quoting more pipe from an underfloor heating perspective to go in the floor. We're quoting bigger radiators. And and uh, and they actually got us onto site with the with the the engineers that are quoting for the boiler system, and uh, and I said, well, let's just take the heat source out of the equation for a minute. It doesn't matter whether it's a heat pump or a boiler. Practically, you should be designing that system into that home if the customer can afford it to be designed at a low temperature. Because whether you put a boiler on that or a heat pump, running it at a lower temperature will make it more efficient. Yeah, the way I think about it is the hotter your radiators, the more expensive they are to run. Yeah. It's that simple. So I've got it's the house I've got is four bedrooms. It's a big detached house with very high ceilings. Like I can't touch the ceilings. I'm six foot two. Um my annual energy bill is 170 well, my monthly energy bill is 170 pounds a month. I know people in terraced houses, two up, two downs. Around the corner from me, that's spending more than that. There'll be views of this show that will be spending more than that, without a doubt. Absolutely, and, and you've got that from you. You oversized when you when you had that opportunity. I mean, I would imagine we're talking a relatively uh, low additional cost to oversize the radiators. Absolutely, and from an aesthetic perspective, we're not talking dramatic. You had the opportunity during that renovation. I think that's we need to make that clear to people. Is that. You, you, this journey was you taking an opportunity where you were essentially you were stripping the house back to back to uh, its bones to do the right things. And there is plenty of those renovations going on up and down the country as we speak. I mean, if, what I, the, one of the big takeaways for me, you know, the, the biggest cost in any job you do is often the person doing it. So if you've got a plumber coming around to your house to change a radiator, get one and say to your plumber, I want to be ready for low temperature. So... You know, don't come in and put me the same tiny thing on the wall. I want a bigger one. If you've got the room, if you go get a thicker one that can cope with um, with the lower temperatures, it's ready then for the future. And if you keep doing that behaviour slowly over time, your house will be more and more efficient. If you get in new windows, ask about triple glazing. If you redecorate a room, get a quote to solid wall insulate it. If you're looking at your loft, look at your loft insulation. These are the measures that just improve the efficiency of that house, and well, periodic. That's the. I think that's a that's a key yeah. part, isn't it? You can, you, you know, you can do some of these things. So my parents, they, they've just reluctantly redecorated the the dining room, and I'm saying to them, in that moment, the the radiator is off the wall because they wanted to paint and uh, what have you behind it. So this is the perfect time. You know, there's never going to be a better time to replace that radiator with something bigger that can operate a lower temperature. Now, because of the rest of the the system in the house, they won't necessarily be able to drop their flow temperature at this point in time. But what they will see is that room will react quicker. They will they will gain a bit of heat. But as you start then taking 
uh, one room at a time and start designing it, then you will start to be able to reduce that flow temperature. Which is reducing your bills. So over time, your bills or your energy use is dropping. That's, that's it. That's kind of it. You turn down the boiler temperature and you have this. And then maybe the internal industry term, which it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be towards heat pumps. What you're getting is your home will be heat pump ready. You know, it's talking about getting to making those improvements to your home so that when you do decide to to to, to have a heat pump, you are ready. And it, it's interesting you say though, heat pump ready, because I I, I kind of think of it differently. Like so, I, so a, a big important point of my house is was you know wanted to get a heat pump. You know, we'll, we'll talk about that I'm sure in a couple of minutes. But it's 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 getting your house more efficient, like. I'm, I'm sure, I have no doubt, and I'm sure you'd, I'd be interested what you think, but in three, four years' time, I'm sure there'll be heat pumps that can run at high temperatures, run in old systems, whatever. That's that's coming. But it's about efficiency. It's about reducing your bills. So if, you, you're, if you're slowly improving the fabric of your house, whether you're going to keep using a boiler for 10 years, please don't, really stupid idea, or you're going to move over to a heat pump and start saving, you're, you're, you're bringing your energy consumption down. As, as someone said to me, like the cheapest energy you ever buy is the one you don't pay for and what he meant was be more efficient you don't you don't you're not paying for it this goes with anything doesn't it the more you turn it down you know you, you if you if you if you're driving on the motorway and you're thrashing it out the car you're going to be using more fuel it's going to be costing you more money exactly the the, the the closer you can get to that kind of cruising speed and that's the same with the heating system running at those lower temperatures you're going to get there now that there is there is a challenge around it. I mean, say there's there's a huge amount of renovation projects going on up and down the country. The message to those people is: design your system for lower temperature. If that's underfloor heating, put more pipe in the ground. If it's radiators oversized, and if it's flow return pipe work to those radiators, put big enough diameter pipe work in so we can get that energy down. And then, if all that means at the moment that you then put a boiler on the end of it you're still going to get benefits. You're still going to be operating at a lower temperature. And then at some point in the future, and, and you went through this journey, so you did all that work, and then yeah. it came to that moment in time where it's right, okay, the decision is what is going to heat this house? I'm sure you at that point were more aware than most that the opportunity there is for a heat pump or yep. a boiler. So what 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 route did you go down at that time? Yeah, so, uh, so uh, yeah, I think... Uh, the the route I went down, so I had I'd, I got all my my, my plumbing set up. Um, I could run the radiators at a lower temperature. I could keep the house at twenty twenty two degrees really happily. It was all great. And I went out to get a heat pump quote, and I've, I've you know set the house up, big pipes everywhere, all set up, ready, nice and you know good for the heat pump, and got a quote out. And it was it was quite difficult actually. You know I was. I was getting numbers thrown at me left, right, and center. I was getting all these calculations, simulations of my house, you know. And I love all, I, I love all that, but I was trying to renovate a house. I just wanted a price to, and and an idea of how big it was going to be, you know. And, and then and then sit and go, is this worth it for me? And it, it was it was very difficult. It was a complicated process, and it's getting towards winter. I thought, you know, actually, Andrew, are you better spending? I think it was 10 grand for the heat pump at the time because you know, the guy was just you know, charging what he wanted. Am I better doing that or am I better actually getting a boiler in the short term and putting this, the savings into you know, in making my house more efficient and get a heat pump in the future? So I actually, I actually end up having to go down that route. I just couldn't get a heat pump quote, this is two years ago, that, that I believed in. 
and I was so frustrated. I mean, my whole like life, as I say, is about climate change. That's what motivates me. And and I had to get this 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 flipping boiler installed. But imagine uh, you, you know, that if was, you are in that mindset, you are you are passionate, you're driven by climate change. And somebody, even with your experience, still make, has to make the choice. Yeah. Uh, and if we again take the bells and whistles away from this, we're talking about, you know, that regardless of your experience and your understanding of the industry. And, and, and decarbonization and where and where everything's going. The fact of the matter is you're a consumer on that journey and you were presented with a very um, poor sales journey. It was, journey, it was poor, journey. poor journey. It was expensive at the time. And I thought, actually, from a climate view, uh, I was better putting the, 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 the difference in the money into the house to make it more efficient rather than spending that extra. And and I was, I was pretty frustrated because my heat's still coming from gas. Mm-hmm. And um, that's actually where we met on yeah. that journey about, you know, 12 months later. Um, and, you know, I think for the viewers, you know, we, we met separately. We were recommended to talk to each other on LinkedIn. It was Andrew Bissell. I it was Andrew Bissell, Sun yeah. I, I really like Andrew. Yeah, yeah. I've only met him like three times and he seems to remember me and I definitely remember him, <laughs> which is really nice. So I, I hope I didn't say... Well, I was down, he was, I saw he was down at... Um, Buckingham Palace was even an award. He was, he yeah. was, yeah, yeah. But it was a fantastic product. It was, it was, it was discussions around that sun. But it was actually, it was actually a, a, a post that we were doing uh, or a project we were doing with our Energy Challenge Week members, where we were, we were doing exactly what you're, what, to addressing the issue that you faced, which is, we want to go. We, how do we standardize and simplify the uh, the the sales process for a consumer coming through that journey? Correct. Because we do, as an industry, we and and whether it's because of the regulation or some kind of level of justification, I'm assuming a big part of it is directly linked to the fact that heat pumps, as you experienced, have been and continue to be at the moment quite expensive. I think they I think they're complex. They they they're presented in a complex way, mm-hmm. and the reason you know yeah we had a, we had a couple of chats. You said you know do you want do you want me to be a, an advisor to your business? And I was like absolutely. Because the thing that got me was when you were like, we want to make this simple and we want to make it accessible to more people. And so, uh, you know, I I believe that the UK needs 20 million heat pumps by 2030, 2035. We've got, I think we've got to do that from a climate change perspective. We've got to break our addiction to gas. Um, I'm the only person ever correctly quoted in the Daily Mail. I said, Britain is addicted to gas, and Putin one day will turn the gas taps off. That was that was my. Uh, that was I'm, glad, I'm not glad I was right on that. No, but, but, but we've got to break that addiction to yeah. gas, and to get to those kind of numbers, you need something that's simple for consumers, compelling, and accessible. And I, and I think that's that's where I hope that you know, with the stuff I'm learning in New Zealand with Solar Zero, your amazing experience in heat pump and heat. Uh, and heating systems, we can start to simplify that journey. You can, I, and I'm, and I'm, I'm convinced that there's there's ways we can take chunks out of it. We, just last week, we did an installation for uh, for a customer, and their home was was perfectly suitable for a heat pump. They had uh, they had sufficient radiators, had sufficient pipe work. They had uh, an existing uh, domestic hot water cylinder, and with the boiler upgrade scheme, we were able to um, fit them a heat pump and a hot water cylinder. And the cost to the customer was two thousand nine hundred pounds, which you start. Which I, I'm not saying people are sat there with two thousand nine hundred pounds to throw at this, but you're starting to get close to the comparable cost of a boiler. That's yeah, that's, that's comparable to a boiler. 
And that if you'd have had that quote at that time, and and the other thing was we, we dealt with it very simply. We, we The customer got a one-page quotation of us. You know, when we went to contract, we provide them with all the designs and stuff like that. But what they wanted, they rang up. The question was, I'm interested in how many people, how much is it going to cost? And, and you get an answer. So my, my journey with the boiler was, I rang up a local plumbing company. I need a, I need a boiler fit in, in this place. And within two days, I got a quote. £2,900. And because they're doing it every day. They're just bang, bang, bang. Mm. And um, I actually rang them back because I'm tight and was like, should be two and a half because I've fitted all the pipes already. And they're like, yeah, all right, yeah, fair enough. My heat pump quote took three weeks, was complicated and unnecessarily expensive. And, you know, if you're at that position where you can quote in in those kind of levels, I think, uh, and, and where the rate of technology improvement in heat pumps and the cost down that's coming with them, it, it's going to it, it's going to start being a simple and compelling journey for yeah. customers. It's a, there's a huge the supply chain. Everything needs to catch up, but it, but it's getting there. And I think we're, we're going to start seeing more of this, and we're going to we're going to certainly be promoting more of our case studies and displaying these you know simple approach, uh, demystifying it, just getting into the facts and figures. It, here's the cost. Here's how it's going to work. Yeah, uh, and here's when we're going to be on site to fit it while available. It's like every other industry. Yeah, and you know there'll be engineers, heat pump engineers up and down the country that will that will challenge this and say that it's not the right way to go. But right now, to get the volume where we need to be to start decarbonisation, I truly believe that you can do volume and quality. I don't I, I I don't see why it has to be a choice as to one or the other. You know, well, I would I would argue the boiler industry kind of proves that. They've got volume. They've got it slick. They've got it easy, and 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 a boiler is actually, you know, it's a, a shed ton of very explosive gas being thrown into your house. Yeah. You know, like that's how people would have seen it 30, 40 years ago. Absolutely, and we've, we've simplified that journey down. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I would, I would, you know, it's 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 you know, without doubt, that heat pumps are going to be there very soon. I think for 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 customers already, we can get to that position. Um, and although that wasn't my own experience two years ago, working with you guys, you know, I, I'm pretty pretty confident we can get there for other people. We're definitely going to get there, 100. Well, percent Thank you very much, Andrew, for uh, for all your insight on your own personal journey. Uh, join us for part three when we're going to be talking to Andrew about uh, my grid GB. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what we're going to talk <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah. That is right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is all about how the how the grid is coping with the uh, with uh, the energy that we use in our homes and across commercial uh, commercial buildings. So yeah, join us for part three.